Hello and welcome to Coding Informer. I have a podcast show where two former roommates. And they were roommates. Talk about a new movie every week. This week on the show, we're talking about Stalker. As always, I'm your host, Corbin Zavokal, and I'm joined by my co-host, Cody Webb. Cody, how are we doing today? Doing great. Very, very excited to be back. Uh, capping it up. You know, I feel like there's an obvious stalker joke here to make, but I'm going to pass on it. But yeah, I'm excited to be back, man. Been a while since we recorded. But uh, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, we got to give a little bit of an explanation to the people. You know, I was moving, starting a new job. Also cracked my laptop screen, which caused some uh, delays in the recording process. But hey, we're back. Just a couple episodes left of season three. Pretty crazy. Wow. Going to move on to season four soon. Also, maybe, you know, a new series coming in the next couple of weeks. So uh, lots to look out for. Now, this is an interesting episode, Cody, because uh, it's actually the first film that we've done, not spoken in English. Mm-hmm. 1979 Soviet Union film, little Russian action from uh, Tarkovsky, Stalker. Um, but the reason we're doing it is because it's, you know, our punishment episode from when we lost our Battle of the Podcast trivia. So unfortunately, uh, we really didn't have much say. We're probably not going to get many listens, but I think we're going to have a great conversation about this <laughs> film. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, yeah, going back to that loss, whose fault do you think that was? Uh, I would probably lean a little bit blame your way. But um, I think it's because yeah. you you ruined me on the Leo category. I think it's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> I would have been perfect for that. Yeah, that is tough. But, um, you know, I mean, it is a punishment, but like it's still a movie. so. It is what it is. We'll get into it a lot more. But um, yeah, shout out to our boys from the Rough Cut Retrospective picking in, you know, absolute Soviet classic. Um, big and, up but uh, yeah, other than that, not too sure about this movie, but yeah. Speaking of our friends from the Rough Cut, rough cut Retrospective, mm-hmm. they do have, uh, they've shared a little message with us. So uh, I'm going to play that now and let's talk why they picked this movie why 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 anyways because we're so smart carter why did we pick this episode or this oh god let's just restart (laughs) this is a nightmare (laughs) okay don't use any of this corbin cut that cut that cut that cut that that, cut that uh (laughs) jesus christ that's that um oh my god i'm so flustered (laughs) no it was good because Corbin's so cute. Um, cute. Okay. And Cody's there. <laughs> Abby texted me and said, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello, Cody and Corbin from Cody and Corbin Have a Podcast. It's us, your best friends and rivals, enemies, lovers, friends. Hi. Oh. Hello. It's Jackson and Carter from the Rough Cut Retrospective. And we are here to bring you the newest episode of... Cody and Corbin have a podcast. We are talking about Stalker. Well, not us. They are because we beat them in trivia. Carter, explain. Oh, wow. You see, Jackson and the listeners, uh, we beat them in trivia because we're smart and more intelligent about most things, I guess. And uh, we decided to yeah. pick a movie that would challenge the minds of maybe the less inferior uh, over at Cody and Corbin have a podcast. So today they're talking about a Russian classic from 1979, Stalker. We did it, Kobe. Kobe? Like the cheese? <laughs> oh, I'm stopping this. Bye. All right. Well, is Kobe a cheese? I don't think Kobe's a cheese. I think it's a beef, isn't it? <laughs> Kobe beef. Kobe cheese. Oh, Kobe. It, they seem it. to be struggling a little bit. They had just done a whole episode. Shout out to those boys. 10,000 likes. And uh, maybe we'll release the full cut of that. <laughs> Only 10K? Well, we'll hit that easily. Yeah, true. All right, well, that's uh, why they picked the movie. Let's throw it over to our initial thoughts, though, Cody. Good morning, Vietnam! To which I have many. So, first things first, you know, uh, this movie was given to us as a a task, and it felt a little homeworky. Would you agree? (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you what, halfway, not even halfway, about, you know, half hour, hour into the movie, I was like, this is boring as shit. (laughs) And I was like, but I have to watch it. I literally have to watch this entire thing. 
So yeah, I, I did get that feeling a lot as well. Yeah. Um, you know, as someone who went to film school, took a lot of foreign cinema classes, I never took a Russian film class, but I've kind of been in that where it's like you got to watch this two-hour movie that like yeah it's really good and there's some great cinematography but at the end of the day like it's long as hell and it kind of drones on and there's not really you know any humor or anything to kind of keep you interested um but there's some cool stuff to talk about this movie maybe we get into the plot a little bit this is interesting because you know we just did annihilation last week and this movie uh i mean a lot of people say annihilation is essentially a rip off or maybe an amalgamation of this film and another film i see the similarities in just essentially you've got these people going into an alien zone quote unquote um what do you think about the similarities between these two movies yeah i'd say that's pretty much where it ends i'd say it's more like a remake of um this movie annihilation just in the sense that the the beginning is very similar i think like obviously it's not the exact same plot but there's people um, who want to get into this place they don't know what's really inside of it it's a big mystery blah 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 but the difference really for this movie is like they control their surroundings it seems like so whatever their thoughts you know are going on in there it kind of just exudes out into the environment um, if I'm being completely honest I didn't understand much of this movie and I, I don't care to understand much of this movie uh could have gone in you know you know, read the, you know, Wikipedia page or some shit. I'm freeballing out here. I watched the movie. It is what it is. Like, I saw all the scenes. I, I knew what was going on. I did not read all the dialogue. Yeah. I won't lie to you. I'm, I'm sure there's, that. like, a lot more of other stuff. Because even, like, in the synopsis of the movie um, on HBO Max. Well, that's of, a little... I wanted to talk about what? that. The yeah, What the said, synopsis says. It said something about, like, a mutant... Uh, you know, thinker yeah. or something. He's refer- this is what it says. A mutant, a mental mutant yeah, that's leads pilgrims to a mysterious room where dreams come true, which is yeah, an interesting think... way to describe it, but yeah. not... I don't know how he's a mental mutant. Yeah. He, I mean, he has some visions and he's clearly connected uh, to the zone in some sort of way, but I wouldn't necessarily have... Without reading that from HBO Max, I would not make that connection that he's a mental mutant. No, uh, I think uh, that's just kind of a weird description that they have written there, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, if I'm being completely honest, I, I wiped the visions just out of my brain completely uh, the minute they left the screen. So it was just excruciating. And, and <laughs> Not a sepia guy? <laughs> not particularly. I, I have a lot of initial thoughts, so I'm just going to rattle out the mouth here, if I'm being completely honest. Let's hear him. Yeah, stop me if you want. But uh, Tarkovsky, famous director, I guess. Not your house. This is an absolute shit show. Uh, <laughs> this movie's in Russian. That's cool. Didn't know that going into it. Um, third, you know, I thought it was black and white for, you know, first half hour of the movie. Well, and, and I'm and just then, sure you're about to ah. say this, but nobody talks in this movie until about 10 minutes and 20 seconds into the it rolling on HBO Max. Right. For a minute there, did you think maybe this is they're never going to talk? Because that's kind of what I thought. I was like, are they ever going to speak? <laughs> You thought for a second it's a silent film from like the 40s or something? Well, I knew it was from that, 79, but like, I mean, yeah. you go 10 minutes before the first word of dialogue is spoken. That's... Yeah. I mean, like, Wally, you go like a half hour. So, you know, good cinema is good cinema. <laughs> but, <laughs> and then the most obvious thing that you, anybody will ever say after watching this movie is, why are the shots so fucking long? I mean, it's ridiculous. Every fucking scene is a half hour just because they refuse to cut the camera. And it's these old men just walking around these sets as slow as humanly possible. And the camera just stays there. I don't understand it. I don't, I mean, I get the thought process behind it, but this movie's like almost three hours long and it could probably be cut up to be like an hour and a half because not much happens. There's probably like, I don't know what, five, six sets in like the zone. There's not that many. They don't do anything. They don't even show like this grand room at the end. It's just another pit where they sit next to, you know, this fucking pond. So <laughs> I, don't, I really don't understand like the set design and the thought process behind that. Because if you're going to have a movie where the camera like lingers on for a long time, you would think you would want to have more interesting shots. Like the tunnel scene's kind of cool. The whole sand pit's kind of cool. But every other set is just like, you know, metal gates in like a swamp land or some shit so that's pretty frustrating 
but uh, I do I do yeah. want to talk about that a little bit. I I oh, will. I, I have one more line. It's like uh, this movie's like Dune, but it's on crack. Yeah, those uh, long establishing shots. Shout out Dune. That does it well. This is fucking. I, I don't know what they're thinking, but yeah. That's Shout out Dune. Favorite. Dune two yeah. filming now. I'm definitely going to talk more about kind of the way this was edited and shot and put together um, in some later categories. But yeah, I mean, it's agonizingly long takes um, and it's very much for a reason. And you talk about at the end, they don't even show us, you know, the room. Obviously, that would be difficult to kind of put that to camera. But there's a ton of moments throughout this entire movie where they're essentially looking into the camera and it's like everything that they're seeing and experiencing is like behind the camera and it's like directed towards you. And it's put with these extremely long shots where you're kind of just left there to like be stuck. And like, it's supposed to make you, I guess, really like ponder the moment and think and imagine what's happening. But in the end, it just ends up being pretty boring, admittedly. Yeah. And the dialogue yeah, I was gonna say that. is a lot. Um, yeah. You know, again, it's, it's in Russian, so we're reading a ton of it. Um, but it's very dense. It's very written like theater written like poetry one of the characters is a writer so you kind of expect that but honestly all the characters it's almost i don't want to give it the title of shakespearean but it's kind of that similar vibe where it's like what they're saying is just like oh my god you could say this in five words but you're saying it in 20 <laughs> but you know tarkovsky um, his father was a, a poet he seemed to have write a lot of poetic almost films um, so it kind of makes sense. I do like the three perspectives that they kind of go with. Um, essentially, the three characters are kind of a stereotype or amalgamation of all, you know, versions of that person. So the writer is kind of just like a very generic, like writer seeking inspiration. The scientist is almost a scientist for all mankind. And even the stalker is kind of your rough on the outskirts, former prisoner, you know, type character. And um, I think it, pairing those three does work well even though the dialogue often uh, drones on for quite a while yeah i mean the characters they are interesting at times um but first of all, i mean all my homies hate tarkovsky that's all i know because uh <laughs> this dialogue is shit but um i'm sure it's better in russian obviously but yeah it is also i i do wonder very, some very where the translation goes how that hurts things just like it, yeah. it how direct of a translation it is it's true but character wise i mean for the most part, it, it kind of like bounces back and forth between like, I think good character moments and then kind of like, that's a questionable character moment. I agree. Specifically, like the stalker character, I, I did like his intro a lot. And then it sort of feeds into these other two characters becoming, you know, like more important to the story in a sense than him. But then he kind of just loses it and, and has like no control or situation, which I thought was interesting. And I didn't see that coming. But I didn't love that for that character. I think for like a the title character Stalker, I think he was probably the worst of the three, which kind of sucks. Yeah, the writer was was actually my favorite character by far. I thought um, his like long speech, um, like on the sand dune, I thought was actually pretty interesting. And you know, I probably didn't say that too many times in this movie. So shout out the writer, but it, it is tough as well when you have a movie this long and you only have three characters basically to to you know. I mean, basically, they're just like gossiping about, you know, um, you know, their thoughts and emotions the entire time. Another thing I'm kind of confused on, uh, is there like somebody like controlling the zone? Because we get like one specific scene where somebody going, oh, uh, this is what's going to happen in here. They're going to, you know, get really sad and they're going to feel like their careers are they've been doing this entire life for no reason, sort of that stuff. So I'm kind of confused on on what this zone is and, and what's going on there. But uh, yeah, you got any thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, again, where like the things with an, the similarities with Annihilation really play in, where it's like, it's not distinctly explained exactly what's going on. In Annihilation, you at least have the moment, like the exposition at the start of the movie when she's like visiting the outside of the zone where they're like, oh yeah, like it's been expanding this one, you don't really get that before they go in and then you kind of learn more. Um, essentially, you, you find out that 20, well, 20 years ago, a meteor fell and hit this city. Um, and then because of that, there was this zone established and, you know, mysterious things happened there, supernatural, extraterrestrial things. People were disappearing. Um, and then obviously, most importantly, this room appears where your secret, innermost, cherished desires are filled, not even 
the desires you want, but the desires that are are true to your heart. And then, of course, the military comes in, surrounds the zone, cordons it off. But then that just brings more people there, and which is where our stalker character, of course, comes into the mix as as kind of a guide into these zones in a way symbolic of prisons a little bit. I think, I mean, when you look at the stalker, he's a former prisoner. He looks like a prisoner. He kind of dresses like a prisoner. He's got the the shaved head. And then obviously it's, it's a little Roman reminiscent of like Soviet gulags. Well, not necessarily like a direct metaphor for that. It's not hard to draw that line. I would say um, there's obviously also influences of, you know, the fear of nuclear war and nuclear radiation. And there was a nuclear accident that happened in Russia a few years prior to this movie that kind of inspired it. And then, you know, seven years after this came out, you have Chernobyl, which is a huge event. So I think there's, it's a combination of a lot of things. And I, I can't say specifically like what the the source in the movie, we talked about this in Annihilation. Is it like a coherent, intelligent being that's like doing this? Or is it like a hive mind that's there? To, like, there's so many questions and I think it's left up for you to decide. I think with this one, I'm less inclined to make a like my personal statement because I really have no idea yeah I agree with that um I have no idea in a <laughs> if you can't tell my tone already from the podcast uh here it is but I I have no idea to be completely honest I don't you don't care, care. yeah yeah but uh yeah as well I mean the whole prison thing I think there's even a line in the beginning of the movie where he's talking to his wife and she's like they're gonna throw you back in prison and he's like am i not already in prison so yeah that, that's a good line i think yeah um, and then there's obviously the connection that like for him the zone is like really his home it was his home yeah and for a lot of people that are put into prisons when they go back out into society they struggle to kind of reassimilate with things they they almost long for that institutionalized life which is is quite unfortunate so there's definitely yeah. something to be said about that Shawshank Redemption check it out but um <laughs> yeah, this movie, the zone I think is interesting but I really don't like what they do with it in this movie like I said well there's no special effects shots in this film or there's practically none well yeah I mean you don't, you don't really need those though. I mean this is the 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 golden age of film evidently yeah i don't know the, there's a lot of issues with it which i'm sure we'll get into but i think just the the construction of the movie as a whole is is pretty poorly done and initial boss wise i'm probably gonna have pretty low pretty low rating for this spoiler alert but i'm excited to talk a little bit more about it because there's a lot of like small details that is kind of like what the fuck but before we move on i got one last thing that we need to address yeah the ending of this movie Cody. <laughs> yeah I, I can really you, like the ending. What the, the fuck? I think can it's you, fucking sick. Can you give me yeah. an explanation here? <laughs> you don't understand it? Okay, so the ending of the movie, <laughs> well, I mean, most of it I don't understand. I, I understand, like, the last scene. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The, his daughter. Okay. Monkey. <laughs> yeah, Monkey. Great name, by the way. But, uh, so basically, the very last scene, his, uh, his daughter, correct? Mm-hmm. Or his son. His yeah, daughter? his daughter. Okay, his daughter, um, it, it's revealed that she has uh, telekinetic powers. Which I think is very cool. And basically my explanation for this, I mean, again, this scene was just, you know, five minutes of his daughter moving cups. So there's no real explanation. It's just, you know, telekinesis is there. My thought process is his wife was talking about, oh, she knew the risks. She knew there, you know, that people and when they tend to reproduce, you know, there's sometimes issues with the children. So I think, I mean, just based off that, I would just say, you know, people who have been in the zone for a good amount of time, they do get like annihilation wise mutated a little bit. When they do reproduce, they sort of possibly pass along that mutation to their kids. So she has lost the ability to to walk pretty much. looks like she's got crutches, but she's gained uh, the mental aspects, which maybe that brings in the whole mental mutant thing with him. Maybe there was some, like hints throughout the movie that I didn't pick up on where he, he is like, mentally mutated a little bit just from being in zone for this long so i think that's cool i think it's a a great ending honestly just from a a twist perspective as well so i mean plot wise nothing particularly happens the entire movie other than you know that reveal at the end which i think is pretty cool but yeah that's my take on it that could be way off i do think you're right and it it, kind of makes me think of, of something that you know popped up in popular media recently is like this discussion of like the effects of Agent Orange in Vietnam. And it was a partial plot point in the newest season of Stranger Things. And I think it's kind of something very similar. I don't 
really think this is a reference to that but it's in the same vein of like oh he was this guy was affected by some sort of radiation or something in the zone and then it was passed along to his daughter and his children which i mean that stuff does happen and has happened that there's a lot that is you know you can take from this movie that's like oh wow this was made in 1979 not 10 20 years later when we knew about a lot of things that were going to happen it's it's kind of crazy to think about that is true it is uh, now you say it it is kind of political in a sense because yeah i mean they during the war era people were probably around like a lot of yeah chemicals surrounded in and i mean military camps i I mentioned chernobyl and like (laughs) when that happened so many people were like Tarkovsky had some real foresight to like make a whole movie about this and now we have this thing and funnily enough stalkers were the terms that people you like the people that would go into Chernobyl and like make trips there after the accident were stalkers and I mean that was like seven years after this movie came out which is really interesting speaking of stalker let's throw it over to roll credits roll credits that was the first thing I was actually going to bring up the title of this movie stalker was partially based on a book the, the story is similar to Annihilation, again, based on a book. The stories differ a lot. Really, the main idea of like there being a zone is just like the thing that was taken from the book. Maybe they should have step, <laughs> stuck to the book then. But, Maybe. Uh, yeah. The stalker comes from the book. It, it's from the, like, the term to stalk and then stalker they took. And um, that's what he's referred to in the book. And then they took it into the movie. And um, I mean, it was used in real life for the people who are going to Chernobyl, which is, I think is very interesting. Yeah, that's cool. It translated into real life. And they also say it pretty early on. I believe the first mention of it is when the, the writer is talking to that, that girl and she's like, oh, are you a real life stalker? It's probably like half hour in the movie. So Cool shout out there. I like it whether it's it's early on or at the excuse me at the very end of the movie. Sort of the opposite of annihilation, but I think it's effective both ways if you throw in the title at the beginning and the end. So I like that. But yeah, other than that, I mean, opening and closing shot wise, just drawn out. So not too much interesting there. But another thing I did want to talk about is like this movie's pretty much split up into two parts. It seems like, mm-hmm. and it's kind of two standalone stories on its own as well, which I thought was cool. Just for, based off the fact that like both of them start off, well, it, I mean, for the first part, it takes a little bit, but they both have like voiceover uh, of pretty long speeches from the stalker himself. So I thought that was kind of cool. And and uh, like, I definitely like part one a lot more than I like part two. I'm not going to I think <laughs> both parts shot by different cinematographers, actually. Really? Um, well, maybe that makes sense. I'll get into a little bit more of that a little bit later. But th- there's a there's actually a reason why they ended up doing it in two parts. That was probably my favorite part of the construction of the movie. So fair enough. But yeah, that that's pretty much all I had for this category. The only other thing I wanted to mention is the credits are not at the end of this movie. The credits happen at the beginning. And then when this movie ends, it basically just go. you see the final shot of the daughter and like one image appears and then it's over. So I guess that's just something interesting. I don't know if that's a Russian thing or maybe just kind of an older movie thing or just a decision they made, but you get all the credits the names, the people who wrote it, all that stuff is to start out the movie, which is another, you know, extended long sequence where <laughs> nothing's happening. But, you know, that's the entire movie, though. So props. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't even stick around to see if there were credits in the movie. That final shot faded away. Uh, you know, I was backing out pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but that is cool, though, I guess. I'd rather have the credits at the beginning than the end. Anyways, you know, show off the people who made the movie. I, yeah. I think they, they deserve their respect. Yeah. It's like a your whole movie's a post credit scene. It's amazing. <laughs> Facts. Let's uh move on to stupidest part. You stupid. I'm sure you have a ton to say here, Cody. So why don't you get us started? I do have a couple pretty obvious ones, I think. First off, I mean, they kick us off with the first scene of, you know, the stalker in his house, his wife and kid. Um kind of just goes bananas i wasn't really sure what was going on and then you get his wife just you know throwing freaking out absolutely throwing a tantrum (laughs) i mean this is this is physical acting in the 70s i guess because i mean just absolutely insane she you know just no regard for her body on the floor just sprawled out bawling her eyes out so you know actually props for the performance on that because i would not have done that in front of a camera but um, <laughs> that was definitely my first thing i wanted to shout out yeah yeah that that was also in my list as well uh just a and again it's the the ana- agonizingly long takes thing where it's like is this ever gonna end and it just keeps going <laughs> you're like oh my god this lady is going for it 
and that's one of those it's it's fun to watch like old movies and stuff and, and see stuff like this because it's like like when do you see that in a movie now like <laughs> it's insane that's the worst argument i've ever heard with this movie <laughs> but i do have a couple other things another thing which i think is is very funny but i do have follow-up questions about it the professor he's so bored near the end of this movie I think <laughs> I feel like this was improvised and he started just throwing like shit in the water because this uh the scene I'm talking about is when they're all like sitting around the water he's taking the bomb apart yeah he's taking the bomb apart and he's like throwing stuff in the water it's such a fucking long shot I guarantee the actor was like all right I'm bored after like the 10th take and he at just one point he's like unscrewing water. something it's like I don't even think that unscrews yeah. he's just like rubbing it he's just throwing rocks in it at the end too like he's that bored so I thought that was pretty funny when the actors in your movie are like, all right, this, this scene's taking a little bit Just too long. Just pacing around, looking <laughs> for something to do. Yeah, but um, I did have some questions. So he did take the bomb apart, but my question was why? I, I don't really understand. Just because the, the stalker was so emotionally just like, what the hell are you doing? So like, oh, I shouldn't do this. I, I think the re- so his main fear, the reason. I was kind of lost in his story as well. There's There's too much going on. Yeah, no, see, I actually really enjoyed um, the, that final moment with the professor. And so essentially what was going on, he wanted to destroy it because he believed that the room would be used for like ill will, right? People would come yeah. there to seek weapons and, you know, whatever else. And he's a scientist. He cares about the earth. He cares about people, he, you know, whatever. So he wants to blow it up. So nobody ever uses it for bad. But then the important realization that they make is that you don't get to decide what your innermost desire is when you show up at the room it's only going to give you what you actually desire so you can't go there and ask for you know weapons or something like if you're if that's not the truth of what you want i guess is what he realizes no i get what you're saying i mean i i kind of like the idea of what was the name porcupine Mm, great yeah see that that, that's the that's the story they use yeah yeah he you know wished for his brother to come back but his real wish was to be you know filthy rich so i i kind of like that 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 is a cool cool thing about the room but i guess once the professor learned that he's like oh i guess i'm not gonna do it for some reason but wasn't it like the company there's something with the place he worked had had messed up and and like helped create the zone right or no so he was like an early scientist and they're that had worked in that area and was supposed to like they had built the bomb and brought it there to blow it up. And then when they arrived, they like turned on him or they made a different decision gotcha. and they decided and then he they on the bomb. He called the guy. He's like, Hey, I found the bomb where you hit it. And guess yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. So he, cause his whole, the whole reason he goes into the zone in reality is not to do scientific experience. It's to find this bomb and to destroy the, the room. The, the phone thing, I'm going to say that's the stupid part yeah. because <laughs> uh, it's kind of just like, oh, we're just going to throw a phone in here and it works. And it's just so he can call up his scientist and glow. And like, that's what causes the other people to like discover his true intentions. Kind of it's a moment they, they need there for the story to make sense. Uh, but I personally just think like just throwing a phone that magically works inside the zone is a little weird unless you want to attribute that to some sort of uh, work of the extraterrestrials then then i don't know yeah you could in my book that's that's lazy as hell writing um, that was definitely my next thing as well like it just like pops up out of nowhere and then it's just like straight exposition that entire scene so pretty lazy not surprising from tarkovsky but uh <laughs> that that was pretty much my main three i feel like the dumb parts are are very very obvious and it was probably obvious tarkovsky as well it's probably why um Maybe the phone scene was like um, built up a little bit like that too, just to like show how dumb that is for a yeah. plot point. I mean, again, there's not a ton of plot in this movie, so it's hard to pick, you know, a lot of other things. We could have gone scene by scene for this three hour epic, but yeah, th- that was my main stuff. So you said it earlier, but I got to give shouts to this movie's runtime. That's pretty fucking stupid that it's like two hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, not great. I wonder how many pages ripped this not definitely not 160 because you know typically a, a page per minute i i'm oh. sure it's much shorter than that i bet it's uh less than half of that yeah i bet it's not even close to half of that yeah um and then i think the conclusion of the porcupine story and character 
works well when you kind of think about it like it's a cool like you said it's a cool moment oh he would have wished for his brother but in reality he wanted you yeah. know, money he was greedy everything before that like the lead up to it like every time he would talk about porcupine i was like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about i don't care about this porcupine fella why is his name porcupine <laughs> he's, a, he's the teacher and he tramples flowers for some reason that's never explained is it there's there's a lot yeah i mean yeah. like he he was a stalker that went into the zone and then he yeah. found himself so yeah i mean if i'm being honest i would rather see that movie than than whatever we got here porcupine <laughs> you know teaching the the young stalker the ropes and then eventually and then you know he sacrifices his brother basically and then he wishes for him back but he gets money and then he's so depressed he he ends it i think that's a more interesting story than whatever the hell we got here so yeah that's fair Por- porcupine we need a prequel immediately tarkovsky what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll call him up from his grave let's move on to our favorite scene she is very gorgeous to me i have one and i I've already heard you say you not you don't like it, so I'll just go ahead and uh, bring up. <laughs> I think the shot of them sitting outside the room with the rain falling and the reflecting water, yeah, like right after yeah. he takes the bomb apart and he sits there, where it's like the, from the perspective of the room. I think that's a great shot. I I personally like. I I do agree. It's really drawn out, like when he's throwing the bomb away, but like. I like the moment of realization and the decision and the speech and the reason he chooses it and the whole porcupine reveal. I think that all together is a good conclusion of the movie. I would be okay if it just ended there. Yeah. I don't really think we necessarily need the stuff with his wife or the stuff, his daughter being a X-Men, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It, it is a good shot. Um, it's just ridiculously drawn out for me. And I do agree. I, I think the movie should have ended there a hundred percent. But uh, my best scene is the <laughs> the very, very ending with the telekinesis real funny enough. Shouldn't even been in the movie because it's it's not necessary. But make it again, make a different movie. Make that movie. <laughs> I agree. Oh, I I think we should just like re-edit this movie to what we would want. Because I think it wouldn't actually be terrible. It wouldn't be, you know. There's something there that you could you could update yeah. and modernize. I mean, obviously let's not say we could do it but uh, someone probably could better than us oh i could definitely do it. Okay. but uh yeah i mean the ending the reveal i think is very, very cool and you know being a big x-men guy myself uh you know you can't much get better than a, a super uh superpower reveal at the end of the movie with yeah which superpowers so and then I'm when back, uh professor cool. x shows up at the end it's pretty cool too <laughs> yeah i de-aged professor x from wolverine origins shows up at the end <laughs> and he holds it from uh you know breaking when she pushes it off the table yeah. but uh i do like that scene a lot i was i was kind of like holy shit that's a cool moment so fair enough it took took three hours to get something out of me but <laughs> it was worth the wait i guess did you watch this movie start to finish two hours 40 minutes straight through uh i mean i paused it a couple of times i like uh had to go to the bathroom and was making some food a little bit in between so all in all it's probably like three and a half i think it might have taken me like five six hours to finish this movie. yeah uh, I was kind of like that. I was like, I really want to pause it and like watch an episode of Seinfeld or something. <laughs> I was like, no, I just need to get it over with. It's not going to change. It's going to be here still. So. Yeah, that's fair. Oh. Let's go on to Let's Talk Filmmaking. We are Full Sail University. We take dreams seriously. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about here? I, I kind of have a lot of things I want to hit. I don't really have anything. I just said, yeah, uh, Tarkovsky's a good director, lol. That, that's it. Uh, <laughs> but uh i'll throw it over to you teach what do you think about him being the uh the nolan of his time cody well i'll tell you what nolan has made some stinkers in the past year so i guess it makes sense but i mean where is that in tarkovsky's career is it's like his peak stuff right here or? um he has better movies from what i understand i mean i would fuck no um uh, solaris say, he's no uh, Nolan. uh there's a, there's a few different ones but yeah well i'll have to check out maybe one of his other ones give him another chance but so I know he is an acclaimed director, but yeah. Solaris, I'll put that on my list. And then also, you know, some people may say, similar to his time, contemporarily, like the other side of the coin with Stanley Kubrick. Also, let's talk about the Zack Snyder Justice League aspect ratio, Cody. Did you think that that was, you know, really interesting that he was influenced by Zack Snyder? Or That's true. And, and Snyder's taken influence from from the best of all time, evidently. So <laughs> that matches up perfectly with, with his repertoire. But <laughs> Yeah, the whole the, the changing of colors, I thought, is an interesting thing to do, but I don't know if it was very effective, especially with the little like like flash 
whatever back forward just weird vision scenes i, I thought were kind of out of place and, and kind of took me out we love a four three aspect ratio we love sepia tones we we love this movie of course we've talked about the agonizingly long takes uh my trivia question will deal with how long these takes average so oh, get man. ready for that i'm excited um, for that. but yeah you know you can kind of see it as it's forcing you to stay in the moment there's no escaping you kind of have to like ponder with the characters as they walk around and whine and be glum um and you're you're forced to be stuck with that so you know it's something and then uh this movie just in general had a very troubled um production so when they first started they were using something called kodak 5 47 i believe and like alien was shot on and a lot of popular films from like the 70s 80s um and so on but it hadn't really been used in the soviet union so when they started to make this movie they shot a, a bunch of it and then they ended up going and sending it to the the factory to be developed and a mix of them not quite exposing things right on set and with the labs having never used this film stock basically it was unusable everything that they had shot so they they shot a ton of the movie that's tough <laughs> it was like super green and blue and it just didn't work also his wife really wanted to play the character tarkovsky wife that is wanted to play the character of the wife in the movie and tarkovsky kind of wanted her to do it but the cinematographer like hated it and had this like other person he wanted a bunch of people did not want his wife to do it. <laughs> uh, they did end up going with someone else so shout out the physical acting of uh the, the other lady i don't know her name and um i probably would mispronounce it that's actually gonna lead into my trivia so shout out shout out the wife oh there you go but yeah so then there was those problems with the cinematographer they shot some more of the movie and this is where the story gets a little bit muddied for me exactly how it went down but they ended up having another cinematographer brought in who then shot that whole like second part of the movie um that kind of different that you mentioned it, it, there was a different points where they were going to make this two separate movies and they were it was a part one and part two and it, it underwent a lot of just troubled shooting and changes and they would shoot stuff and then they would edit the script and they would mess around stuff so it's kind of impressive that we ever got this movie at all so uh, let's throw it over to trivia naked grandma naked huh we both kind of teased it a little bit already okay my first one is a very fun one i think nothing particularly has to do with this movie but it does have to do with you know the russians as a whole so question one um you can either give me the character name or the actor name from 2009 star trek who's the russian guy from star trek <laughs> zachary quinto i don't know is there choices no there's no choices I only know Chris Prine and Zachary Quinto. Who else is in that movie? I think Simon Pegg may be in it. Carl Urban. Um, Carl Urban. Shout out the boys. <laughs> Big shout out the boys. But um, sadly, that is the incorrect answer. The um, actual Russian Alexi. I bet his name's Alexi. From Star Trek. That's Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's typecasting Russians out here. We're not about that. Yeah, the actor actually has sadly passed away. So shout out him. The character is Chekhov. Classic Star Trek character. Big guy. Chekhov's gun. Uh, yeah, Anton Yel- Yelchin. I believe that's how to say his name. Actually, a pretty good actor, Rip. But uh, yeah, Chekhov, underrated uh, character, I think, in the Star Trek verse. So wanted to shout him out since we you know we're shouting out the Russians with this episode. But yeah, that's my first question. <laughs> Amazing. New shots occur an average of every blank many seconds. Is it 33 seconds, 55 seconds, 88 seconds, or 111 seconds that it takes from one shot to start and then before we cut to the next one? What's the average amount of time throughout the entire two-hour and 40-minute runtime? Yeah, you know what they always say about, um, you know, the betting world. If you're not taking the over, you're a baby. So I'm taking whatever you said, 111, is that correct? Whatever the highest one he said, D, I'm 100% taking because I, th- I think it's way up there. Unfortunately, it was 88. Wow. So just a little bit lower. But th- I mean, that's crazy. Over a that's minute. Ridiculous. So if you really yeah. think about it, like when you're watching this movie, it's like a minute long takes, which that's tough to shoot. That's tough for actors. And it's also a little bit tough to watch sometimes. <laughs> it's not good for anybody, really, for being honest. But um, artistic yeah, over, vision, maybe. Over a minute for each cut 
come on, man. That that's ridiculous. It really is. But yeah, crazy. I think this is like the uh, inverse of Requiem for a Dream, where I think that average maybe a, a cut every like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that is true. In comparison to like modern movies as well, I think that's especially ridiculous. Just yeah, based off of the cuts there are. Um, you know, yeah, as a society, good. we've become very, you know, in, ingrained with the idea that instant information and, and the fast paced world is essential. And, you know, I think we need to go back to our roots, Cody, and really slow yeah. down, take a breather, disconnect from the um, electronics, plug in your computer and watch some stalker. That's what I always say. You know what? There's probably um, some old people who, who clicked on this. They're like, oh, stalker. I, I love the movie. I remember watching it as a kid. And they're probably like, this Gen Z filth is, <laughs> is ruining Tarkovsky's greatest achievement. We might get some hate for this episode now that I think about it. Um, but yeah, I, there's probably some boomers on here be like, this is the greatest movie of its generation. Um, gotta, this it. is the greatest movie of its generation. <laughs> you got to do the accent. Because I don't think any American kids were watching this in 1979. If you sound uh, like if you knew about the uh, political state of the the world, Cody, if you want to talk about something important. History stuff over here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I wasn't around the Soviet Union in 1979, my guy. But uh, anywho, let's move swiftly on to my second You've seen question. Stranger Things. You should know. That's true. Alexi's a G. My second question, absolute barn burner. Pretty proud of it. Uh, did some deep research here. And um, funny enough, you know, most of these characters, they have, uh, you know, nicknames. Uh, that that we call them but my question is what is the stalker's wife's name just looking for a woman's name here basically and my hint there's no options i'll give you a hint it starts with an s it's like lissa right i said it starts with an s oh (laughs) (laughs) sylvia sylvia good guess according to imdb the character's name is stalker's wife (laughs) that is incorrect So, um, good guess, you know, it could have been Sylvia, but unfortunately, it's uh, it's stuck. Wow, over two this week, tough week for you. I'm trivia. <laughs> let's move on. Well, actually, let's throw it to a quick commercial break and uh, we'll see you shortly. And we're back with Who Can Act? Wow, Cody, who can act? I actually didn't even look up the guy's name. Let me do that real quick. I mentioned it earlier, it is the writer, I think he hit his performances. Is by far the best. Uh, his name is also IMDb says her name is Zena Stalkera. Yeah, I don't know. I just I searched stalker cast and on Google, <laughs> it just said her character's name is Stalker Wife. Uh, his name is Anatoly Anatoly Solonitsin. Solonitsin. Anatoly Solonitsin. It's like an Italian accent. <laughs> yeah, I know. Spaghetti and the meatballs. <laughs> Anatoly Solonitsin. Uh, but he's pretty good, I think, actually. That that monologue I mentioned earlier, I was kind of like, oh, wow, that was some powerful stuff. Talking about, you know, he's been writing his entire life and, you know, sort of he's been, you know, rejected by society a little bit, uh, sort of the lowest of lows. And, you know, like acting wise, I think especially that was a standout moment because, I mean, you had some of that stuff with with the stalker where he's breaking down and, and stuff, but like actual like believable stuff, I think, you know, came out of the writer. So Shout out uh, Antonoli. Might have to check out some of your other projects. Hopefully one of them's in English. But uh, yeah, not too bad. And, and like early on in the movie as well, I, I thought I was going to hate his character. Because I mean, when you have like the writer, you're like, oh, this guy's going to, you know, talk nonsense the entire time. He really had like some cool character depth, I thought. So yeah, shout out. I'll generally say I think the main three are pretty good throughout the film. I think the first half sees one of those characters acting diminish a little bit and i'll hit that um but i I do think the three main i mean they are just the movie kind of rides on them just talking the whole time and walking around and uh you know for what it's worth they do a pretty good job yeah sure go to who can't act that's my opinion yeah i gotta call people shout out first off i mean the stalker i i don't think is particularly good let's shout out him as well um alexander that's an easier name uh kaiden Ovsky, Kadinovsky, Alexander Kadinovsky. You know, I, I don't know what else he's in. Probably not too much. But uh, as as the titular character, I would say his performance does not forebode very well emotionally. I, I said this as well. He's kind of all over the place. And like at the end of the movie, I still kind of don't know who his character is, what he really wants, his true intentions. Because I mean, obviously, 
he's a big zone guy. He wants to be in the zone. We get that. But then he has his family on the outside. So what, what is his truly? I kind of, I think it would have been interesting if, if they were like, hey, you know, you're going to do this in the room now just to see like what would come out of that. Because I think his intentions are all over the place. And if he is just there to, to help out people, I don't think that's that interesting, especially when he doesn't, you know, screen these people and he's just letting in terrorists. So I don't know. That, that doesn't have much to do with his performance, but I still don't think he's great emotionally. And then the scientist as well. I, I, I mean, he low-key sucks in this movie. Um, I thought it was cool. His character change from like part one to part two. I really liked like the acting to start off part two for him. He's sort of revealing you know, like his true intentions, but then he kind of just lost into it. Um, and I thought performance-wise, he was like a little bit stronger than soccer. I need to get my rucksack. Yeah, I need to get my rucksack. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, performance-wise, I thought he was okay. But I mean, there's only three actors, so I'm gonna call out two of them. So yeah, I will say in part one, and honestly, in like the first like 20 minutes of this film, I think the stalker is really bad. I think like to start off the movie, it's just like I was like worried. I was like, oh my god, this acting is like bad because. Here's the spoiler alert. I also think his wife, I honestly, I think her tantrum eh, oh, was. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. She's really bad. It's really bad. So, like, to start off the movie, his acting and her acting, and it just like all wasn't great. I think he settles into the role a little bit better. I think the professor's fine, you know, for most <laughs> of the movie. It, it is interesting. I was looking, and both the professor and the writer, the actors that play them, uh, appear in multiple other Tarkovsky films whereas the stalker did not really continue with him but if you watch Solaris Andrei Rublev Mir uh they're both in those as well so that's cool that makes sense yeah the stalker the actor was probably pretty bad um what do you think he'd ask that is kind of known as too to, to use the same actors so that's funny it seems the stalker went and you know directed some movies of his own a little bit later mm-hmm. so maybe he's a better director Good for him. Yeah, probably than Tarkovsky off this. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, if there were more actors in this movie, there'd be probably a couple more people shut out. But sad there's only like five. Small so. cast. Yeah. What about the guy who works at like the bar or whatever? I think he's pretty good. What does he have? Two lines, something about the dog and <laughs> something about you want to drink or something. What's so. up with the dog? Dude? <laughs> I, I don't understand that at all. It's got to be somebody's like childhood pet. I thought it was in the vision though. And then He's like there at the end. The dog, uh, yeah, the dog. So maybe that, him. maybe that was it. like, maybe he did go into the thing, and they're like, "Oh, what's your deepest wish?" And he's like, "Oh, I want my dog back." He, he was having visions of it the entire time, so maybe that's what it was, or maybe this dog just tagged along and has been stuck in his own. I don't really know. It could easily be that as well. All right, let's move on to the recast. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Cody, I'm I'm curious to kind of see. Uh where you went with this yeah so i think i went with a i don't know if you went in the same direction but i i'm bringing this movie into modern days basically um and i'm recasting the trio so i went with a all guys trio and all, all girls trio of modern mm-hmm. actors so basically i just want to remake this movie so i mean i don't really want to watch you know some russian guys from the 70s you know in these roles instead so my first one and then i'll bounce over to you i'll start with the guys Oscar Isaac, of course, you know, this is Annihilation basically uh, ripping off this movie, so you gotta have him in it. Uh, secondly, for The Professor, I wanted somebody a little bit older, so I went George Clooney. I feel like he's not in much these days. Uh, good actor, Ocean's Eleven. Get the, uh, get a more of a leading role here. And then lastly, I went Anthony Mackie as um, well, he, well, yeah, he's gotta be the writer, because Oscar Isaac's gotta be just this psychopath stalker. But um, Anthony Mackie, a little bit uh, much different from his MCU character, not as many quips. He's going to give a, a performance of a lifetime here, I think, um, and sort of go back to his old, um, you know, more dramatic days. I think I think he is a better dramatic actor, if I'm being honest. But uh, yeah, that's my trio. What do you think about it? Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I did do something very similar. Uh, I okay. didn't. I just did men, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Wow. See how it is. <laughs> I took mine not present day because one of these actors is dead now i guess you could say okay. maybe if they were still alive they'd be a great cast but maybe let's make this movie like late 90s early 2000s um that's okay. kind of what i was thinking so um, like Heath Ledger? no no no, no. I, I i like Heath Ledger. i think you'd be too young to do it at the at yeah. this time um so for the stalker i'm going woody harrelson okay i like that 
Um, I think physically there's some similarities there. Uh, I mean, Woody Harrelson with the shaved head, he'd be kind of a crazy guy, um, you know, a little rough around the edges. And then for the writer, I'm going to take the person who has unfortunately passed away, Philip Seymour Hoffman as the mm, writer. That's a great um, pick as well. Yeah, I mean, these were really the two two inspired ones. I struggle a little bit more with the the professor, but <laughs> I've got it. I went an interesting director direction. But yeah, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman, obviously great as a supporting character. I think he he's played writers many times. I mean, famously Truman Capote. Yeah, like I, I think he can do deliver the real like poetic verbose dialogue that the writer has to do um, in this version of the movie. And then I decided the professor needs to have a little bit of a comedic, you know, snap to him a little something. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I, I think this person can, can be serious as well. And I, I'm going to go Eddie Murphy. Oh, wow. Not what do you sure think about that? that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little out there. <laughs> we, we'd have to, um, reel them in a little bit at mm-hmm. times, but I, you know, I, I want to see Eddie Murphy throwing the bomb, breaking it apart, fighting with Woody Harrelson. <laughs> That's the thing that like this movie, ha- like, I know it's not supposed to be a comedy, but like, there's no moment of like anything even fun or like enjoyable yeah <laughs> um besides maybe the the mutant girl pushing the, the x-men girl so like I, I want some fun added and i i think you put these three together um like one of the most serious actors of all time in philip seymour hoffman and you throw in woody harrelson who who kind of does a little bit of both and then you know eddie murphy i mean i don't know i like it yeah, I'm here for it. it was a, I think I've pitched Eddie Murphy in more serious roles in the past on the show, so I can't dig you too hard. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, I think I think that's bang on though. I think that's one of the best castings we've ever had. If I'm being honest, thank you, thank you. So shout out there. But yeah, throw Eddie in, give him a chance. Why not? I mean, this movie can't be any worse than this movie we got. So might as well. I'll throw it over my trio of of uh, women. Uh, obviously, I'm going to start off with uh, Zazie Beats who's my new Dave Batista? She's got to be in this. I think she's going to be the writer. Uh, give her the best story. Give her the best writing. I can see her as the stalker, but I like it. Yeah, I'm going instead for the stalker with uh, Emily Blunt. I think I think we shave her head, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Portman would be for Vendetta style. But I want just an, an unfiltered performance from, from Emily Blunt. Just, I don't think we've really seen that too much from her as well. So I think it'd be a fun role for her kind of just go into uh, a crazy direction um and then lastly for uh the professor the smarts of the group i'm going Gemma chan who i, I think i shouted out if not last episode the one before get get, get Gemma chan in more roles i think she's a, a very good actress hey eternals and, uh, too it's been announced confirmed? yeah let's go well not like there was an art i saw like a headline yeah it's happened yeah I mean, deservedly so. Uh, you know, Harry Styles in the post-credit scene. What else could he ask for? I like Eternals. They better bring Anchors back somehow. I think this trio is a little bit stronger than my guy trio. Obviously, Zazie Beats carrying it, and a crazy Emily Blunt. So can't really beat that. I, I think your your female casting is is even stronger than your male casting. So shout out to yeah. you, Cody. I agree. <laughs> Let's move on to our rating of this movie. You're gonna look at me and you're gonna tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? It- you know, I've bagged on this, but I do think there's a some good stuff here at the end of the day. Like, I, it's one of those movies that's like you have to rate it a little bit higher just because it is significant. It does look good. It's like, I mean, it looks beautiful. There's a ton of stuff in this that like you could study and has been emulated and and you know seen time and time again. And and even in this conversation, I've come to enjoy this movie more. The things you've brought up, the things I've brought up, I, I guess you don't think so. I disagree. I think you've <laughs> discovered some things that you like a little bit better, at the very least. Yeah. I would hope. But I'm gonna I'm gonna slot this movie in at a 56. A 56 out of 69. Yeah, four stars. Oh my god. <laughs> and hey, if we re-edit it, it's probably five stars. Yeah, if we read it, sure. Well, that, that's the that's the big twist ending here. Uh, you're just copying this movie. Oh my! I mean, that's basically top tier for you. You're ready no, that's no. Tier. It's it's like top fifteen at this point. We've we've done too many. It currently what's I have movie? it. It's seventeen right now. So yeah, what what's a movie that's like around that range for you? 50 so times. it's below Dazed and Confused, but I I put it above Palm Springs, Gone Girl, <laughs> Spider Man, No Way Home, Holes. <laughs> Interesting. No, not a good placement. You know, coming in, I, I didn't even write down a number because I didn't know where the hell I wanted to put this thing. Uh, I like these I, are so hard to rate, though. 
Yeah, I, I mean, what I have Chicken Little at like ten. I don't. Know. I gave it five for what Fish Out of Water and and five for the music. I believe <laughs> uh, that is exactly what I did. I'm just gonna divvy out some points here. Um, out of sixty nine, obviously, um, I'm gonna give it five five ratings for the music, um, and then I'm gonna add another five ratings for Fish Out of Water. Uh, so yeah, my rating is ten out of sixty nine. Um, I don't know. So it doesn't get anything that. from the for the titular character of Chicken Little. No, Chicken Little. He's mixed in with both that music and and Fish Out of Water. So that's ingrained at those points. Uh, yeah, ten out of sixty nine. My God, I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. If I do, I'll probably enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, for this movie, I'll give it 10 for the ending. Um, anything else redeeming? Uh, I like the writer. I'll give another 10 for the writer and his speech. You know, no Russian guy from Star Trek, so that's a no. I think I'm going to go with a clean 25 here, just because it is shot well. So 25 out of 69. Um if I ever see a clip of this movie again, I'll probably chuck my phone. This is uh, worse than the wrong Missy to you. hundred percent. I would watch the wrong Missy in a fucking instant of this movie. Good flick. Don't check it out. But 25 out of 69, that's uh that's my rating. Even better than The Last Jedi. Huh. Yeah, I would watch The Last Jedi over this movie as well, which is is tough to say, but yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Well, as always, it's been fun to talk about a, a movie with you, Cody. <laughs> Let's talk about another one. As we go mm-hmm. to our next category, we have a pod grouping. Mm, what's this category? Season three. Season three. The movie that has been has been drawn is Pirates of oh. the Caribbean. Wow. You want to start us off? Not particularly, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll start us off. Here we go. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, interesting franchise. I think the first one is pretty good. I haven't seen the second or third one in a very long time. And I think they made four and five, which I've not seen. So tough there. But I mean, this is Johnny Depp's most iconic role. Actually, pretty good performance in that first one. His, his introduction as Captain Jack Sparrow, I think, is is very good. And Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom are actually interesting in, in the first one as well. There's a cool villain. Actually, pretty good CGI as well for the time. So and it's kind of cool. It's like based off just a ride at Disney World. Um which, I mean, you pick any other ride, it's probably going to be garbage, but actually kind of a fun story. And um, yeah, the first one's super rewatchable, I think. So shout out Captain Jack. Decent flick first one. I'd check it out. Other great movies based on Disney rides, Tower of Terror, uh, Jungle Cruise with Rock Rock. and Emily Blunt. Blunt, Yeah. This movie does, you know, good CGI. You know, these movies have grossed a lot of money, like over like billions of dollars, this franchise. Uh, another shout out to our boy uh, Connor Van Overberg. Also loves the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Uh, you know, a lot of people say Johnny Depp's casting as Jack Sparrow is one of those like you know perfectly cast roles. And uh, you know, maybe a little teaser will be doing something with uh, perfectly cast roles in the coming weeks. So that's all I have to say. Wink, wink. Let's move on to our final category: recommendations. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Cody, what have you been into? What do you have to recommend to the people other than, of course, you know, check out Stalker on HBO Max? Of course, yeah, classic out there. But um, yeah, I'm lacking on Rex this week. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we haven't it's been recorded. a week and a half since we recorded, Cody. You haven't seen anything? Have, have you seen <laughs> Thor yet? I have not seen Thor. That was, that was uh, what I was going to say. So, uh, my recommendations this week haven't seen Thor, haven't seen the Ms. Marvel finale, <laughs> haven't seen the have you had it spoiled for you at least. No, no, uh, no, wow, I can't even talk about it. Oh my, I've God. been busy, yeah, uh, I haven't been on Twitter too much. So, um, actually, I don't even know if I mentioned this, but I got spoiler things, uh, like spoiled for me on Twitter basically. So, I, I saw something where it was like, oh, Steve makes it through the season, and then I saw something else where it was like, oh, Eddie dies. So fuck Twitter, but um, yeah, Thor. I mean, I saw something about Hercules is in it, but I mean, fucking Russell Crowe's uh, what's his face. So I feel like that's not a surprise at all. Also, Zeus. Thor. Yeah, Zeus. Whatever. Fucking Greek mythology, who cares? But um, I also heard Thor's okay. Some mixed some mixed emotions on it. So I'm interested to see it, and uh, I'm I'm actually very interested to check out Miss Marvel. I kind of forgot about that. I'm on. I might watch that tonight. There, I mean, there's. 
and uh, there's something that we need to talk about with that. So when when you get there, we'll discuss it next week, I guess. It's a little teaser for that. We'll right. talk Miss Marvel. But yeah, sounds good. My one wreck is Seinfeld. I think it's a great show. I'm going through <laughs> season one right now, which you recommended uh, this on a recommendations podcast. I know, and and that's kind of why I want to talk about it because the first season is uh it's not very good going back and and rewatching it um it's it's a lot of it, it, the format of the show in season one is is very different from the format from all the other seasons it's a lot more sort of like what you would expect from it i think it, it's very talky it's very you know just elaine and jerry and george just talking about stupid shit which you know can be a little bit boring at times um when that is the entire show and kramer's kind of like this weirdo in the pilot episode it's stated that Kramer hasn't left the building in 30 years. Um, <laughs> and, and Elaine's not even in the pilot. Um, so I, I think they, they realized they had something interesting with these characters, but they needed to tweak it a lot. And also, like, Kramer in the first season is just, like, this weirdo that they don't even like hanging out with. Um, but, like, in season two, they're all best friends, obviously. So, yeah, I think they just continuously... Ca- and also, there's an episode where, like, Jerry and Elaine, they officially, like, get together. And then the next episode is just forgotten about. And just again. <laughs> like they have this big thing about how Elaine can't go back to being friends and Jerry has to choose, you know, to be together or not to be friends at all. And he chooses to get together with her. And then the next episode, they're in Florida with Jerry's parents and they're like, oh, we're not sleeping in the same room. We can only be friends. So a lot of continuity stuff. This is basically like the X-Men of TV. You know, every episode is just wiped out. Nobody gives a shit about continuity. Anywho, season one. Not the best Seinfeld, but I'm slowly working my way into two and three, which is which is much, much better. So shout out that. Great show. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. But I'll throw it over you. I'm sure you have a lot of wrecks as we have been off this pod for a decent amount of time. But movie movie watching slowed down for sure. Uh started a new job uh, up here in Chicago, been busy, but I have been able to watch a few things. Uh did see Thor. We'll talk about that more once you get to see it. Did finish Miss Marvel. Again, we'll talk about some stuff yep. there. I'll check those out this week. Uh, you know, very similar endings between this movie and uh, Miss Marvel, to be entirely honest. We'll leave it at that. And Okay, cool. Who's who's a fucking mutant? Uh, the kid. What's his name? Slim well, Shady. It's his daughter from uh, The Zone. You know, stalker. It's yeah, Monkey. Yeah. Monkey shows up in, in Miss Marvel is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> no, what's the kid? What's the... What's the white kid's name from Miss Marvel? Uh, Bruno. Bruno, there it is. Or Bruno's Brian, got powers. If, I'm calling it. Depending on who you ask. Brian. <laughs> um, I rewatched Everything Everywhere All at Once. Great movie. Nice. Classic. <laughs> 2022 <laughs> classic. Uh, I watched The Graduate for the first time. That was mm-hmm. pretty good. Dustin Hoffman, shout out. Uh, semi-pro. Don't like that movie very much, to be entirely honest. Yeah, the uh, movie's not that good. I, I wrote in my letterbox review that uh, Adam McKay watched this movie and that's the reason he wouldn't let Will Ferrell be in winning time. And personally, I think that's a pretty good joke. So uh, minions, we grew out grew nation, gentle minions rise up. Uh, my heroes, the, the yellow boys didn't, uh, didn't have a great movie to be entirely honest. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, you know, Steve Carell, he's fun as young Gru. I guess he made $12 million to do that. So good for him. Uh, Marcel, the shell sh- shoes on. That's a fun movie. Um, yeah. I I personally didn't quite like fully live up to the hype, but it's still pretty solid. Um, apparently it's animated. I disagree. Like it is stop motion animation, but it like it's not animated. But apparently it's going to be eligible for the animated Oscar, um, which it, it's because like it is stop motion but it's like in the real world with like people and it's shot on like it's not it's not the same thing um also it won't win so who cares but it might though low-key <laughs> i saw the, i saw the trailer for that movie it looks fucking terrible but but yeah. it's like being lauded like people adore this movie yeah i, I don't think it'll win disney will pop something out and it'll be it's, the biggest of all time i so. did almost cry i'll say that um <laughs> Almost. <laughs> and the chick from 60 minutes is in it so shout out to her i don't know her name though but she's a hell of a journalist and uh 60 minutes dude yeah i like that show. not a fan marcel loves it that's kind what's of a major it, what's it, her name i can't remember 
Uh, we, we need to put some respect on her name. So hold up. Katie Kirk. No, that's not it. No. <laughs> <clears throat> Leslie Stahl. Leslie Stahl. Leslie Stahl. Iconic. Unless Good she's ever like said anything or done anything bad, then I don't back her. Then we don't like her. Yeah. Otherwise, Leslie Stahl, she's great. <laughs> um, and then The Breakfast Club, which I'm going to be honest, it's not that great. I haven't seen that's, it. That's my hot take. I've seen it before, um, but I, I disliked it a lot more. You know, there there sure are there's some things that um, don't hold up as well, but I don't even think those are the reasons I don't like the movie. I just think it's like a bunch of insufferable people. Um, yeah. Fair enough. I found out through TikTok, actually, that that movie takes place all in one day, which I didn't know because I haven't seen it. So that's cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's kind of like a I mean, it also just takes place in, in a high school. So there you go. Yeah. Cody. That's crazy. They're in John, detention. He doesn't, he doesn't do high school movies, does he? <laughs> you don't know anything about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah there's a i knew it was club. in they're, high school they're, it's in a high school and they're in detention yes i know day. what it's about i just haven't seen it i didn't know it took place in a day i'm sorry yeah it's them in detention in one day that's it that's the entire it sounds pretty boring i don't know i mean they you know they hijinks they, ensue they dance around and stuff i've seen that but. yeah there's they you know engage in some illicit activities and such you know mm. yeah. i should check out them it sounds interesting it's on uh hulu there you go. all right We'll have another episode next week. I don't know what day. <laughs> my my schedule is going to be crazy. Peace. Hey, Gavin. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points... And may God have mercy on your soul.